0: Hey there, little buddies, and welcome to yet another edition of the Buddies Podcast, where we'll be discussing Ash vs. Evil Dead, Season 3, Episode 10, the season finale, and now the series finale. Uh, I am Mothman, and I'm joined by Devin. How you doing today, man? I'm sad. I know, right? I
1: think we're all going to be a little sad, right? Yeah. A little depressed. Going through the seven stages.
0: <laughs> exactly. So so uh, let's let's get right into it. Um, we talked last week about like how things are going to wrap up. If that is Ash going to die? Hopefully, they kind of tie a bow on it, uh, so to speak, so that it's not this awkward like cliffhanger ending, and there's never another season. Um, and I will say, I'm sad because it's over. But damn, was this not the perfect episode to go out on?
1: I I you know I agree with you a thousand percent. A thousand percent. This was this was the finale. We didn't know we wanted. Sure, but we deserve it because it's perfect. It's yeah, so good.
0: And, and one of the things I, I was kind of thinking is, and we were just before we started talking about Avengers and just like big blockbusters and all these other things. And one of the things that's always been great about Ash, uh, and you see throughout these the series, and we actually talked about last episode with like the paint can fight, is in general it's a lot of small set piece fights right um other than like the end of uh like evil dead 2 and you know the giant monster on the roof and everything like there's not a lot of uh, or like the giant monster in the basement there's not a lot of like crazy big fight scenes uh right. it's a lot of small kind of madcap fun um and so to have a finale that does that you know you're almost like is this not going to feel like genuine is this really the note you want to go out on but Man, they make it so perfect in every way.
1: Yeah, and these little fights to then, I, it's almost like it was building up to that. That just yeah. that initial s- shot where they leave the bar and then go out and then they're in fucking just anarchy war mode. And it was not, I mean, there was a level of cinematography there that does not get hit in this series. So sure. it was kind of disjarring and like, it brought you to that moment. Where you're like, holy crap, this is incredible. Um, they shot it so well. Um, I, I watched uh, the scene after or like, you know, the ending, the the little bonus features. Sure. And that was one of the things the producer was saying is that they had been trying to figure out how to sh- fit a war scene into the series since day one. And they finally got to do it with that last episode. And it was just done so well. And yeah. And I think it all came. They're just like, we had a tank. We were going to do it right, you know?
0: <laughs> I, I was just blown away by um, how good kandar looked like one you're mm-hmm. saying kandar like we we hear kandarian and like this is the demon you know that it's based on um but such a big cgi effect in a show that tends to stray away from it and they're having a few times where they've done it and it's a little more obvious and we've talked about not liking it but they've done better as a whole this season of kind of meshing the two technologies so it's a little less mm-hmm. abrasive especially for a
1: st- like stars budget right of all things yeah but damn yeah. like i thought he looked badass he looked like a puppet i actually thought that they were splicing actual live action puppetry in there until i watched the actual features and it said no this was full cg they did a brilliant job with that brilliant job
0: yeah that. it looked so like that. a very fluid uh like stop motion like that was smooth over mm-hmm. a cgi which i think is and just I mean,
1: such a cool look that that's I mean, we've seen it in this that it's very difficult to get that kind of clay uh, lighting effect uh, done well, and they really did it quite well. They did it so good. I, I literally thought it was live action. Yeah. Um,
0: and, and I don't know if it's, uh, and you might have more insight to it just because of your, your job. But like, I don't know if it's more difficult to pull that off in a well lit scene where like lights hitting every surface. And that's why we normally make it, it seems more difficult, but like, yeah, to me, like to have it in this war zone where everything's smoke and stuff, maybe that's what was able to cover some of those blemishes or maybe it's, it's harder in that realm, but it looked very realistic
1: right i I mean i think the things that struggle and you see it a lot with this lower budget stuff i mean obviously you can pull anything off uh in visual effects um but one of the things that it gets rushed is the lighting shaders which will get kind of that kind of shiny reflective stuff that people notice so easily and you didn't get that with that uh so you could tell that they actually devoted some time to developing a shader that would allow to have that kind of flat puppety look it's you know it's it definitely doesn't get hit in some of these TV shows but then again we're starting to see budgets just explode because I think TV is really giving film a run for its money right now a huge run for its money yeah and I mean I think I think
0: what you're having is a lot of um, I don't know if you have tiers of like dollar amount you're having a lot of stuff actually get funneled down to TV um, yeah and spread over a you know 10-hour season or whatever And then you're seeing the the mega movies like your Affinity Wars and those things uh, just get moved up to another tier where it's also insane amounts of money. Um, And then what used to be blockbuster money a decade ago is now like a season, right?
1: Right. Um, Well, that's, I mean, like, um, uh, geez, why am I blanking on this? (laughs) Game of Thrones. You know, Game of Thrones for the while was like, wow, these budgets are insane for TV. Uh, but then the news comes out about Amazon with the Lord of the Rings two seasons. I mean, you're talking they spent 250 million on the rights for season just to just to buy the rights for it, and then they've uh, apparently budgeted 250 million for two seasons. Now, if you split that up over 10 episodes a season, 20 episodes, each episode's getting 20 some million dollars a budget. That's insane for television, insane. So um, yeah, we're in a whole new ballgame now.
0: Yeah, I'm interesting. Just a quick note on Amazon. Um, Amazon's one of those companies that tends to like if you ever look at their quarterly earnings reports, they tend not to have much in the way of net profit. Like they've Mm -hmm. kind of almost always, and they've had like one or two quarters where they're basically just trying to show analysts they could be super profitable if they wanted. But in general, they tend to burn all the cash they make to reinvest and to expand, and it's it's clearly worked well because they're in like every category. So I'm also wondering. if they just like greenlit a budget no one else would because they want it to be successful. They want it to drive Prime membership. Uh and if the show itself even ends up being a loss, they're not too worried about it just because of, you know, you get someone into the that and like then it's like, oh shit, all eight seasons of Old Curb are on here as part of my membership. I guess I'll watch that too. And and then all of a sudden you're hooked. Um I remember I specifically joined Prime for one reason or another, and then once I was in the system, I was like You know, now it's four years in.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's kind of a culture of creative accounting that happens in all of film and television. Um, You never want a project to show a profit at all. (laughs) Um, As a matter of fact, there's this running gag that the original stunt actor who played uh, Chewbacca in uh, Empire Strikes Back still has never received a royalty check because Empire Strikes Back still has not become profitable. So, uh Amazon might have just been like, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to make it, you know, we're going to make it a loss anyway, because it's going to be a loss regardless. So gotcha. They yeah. they, sell, they make money, but they don't make money, if you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> sure. So, um, you know, as far as like the different things that transpire in this episode, um, one, you get Kelly who is saved, but, you know, you kind of have that fake out where you think she isn't. Um, mm-hmm. And then she comes to life and she she looks dead still and she's not too happy about her look.
1: Yeah, I just... Uh, Pablo sneaking that smooch in there, too. I'm like, uh, I've heard of morning breath. I wonder what dead breath tastes like. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, they have that moment, but like like anything in Ash vs Evil Dead, it's a little bit tainted by something gross, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, like, you know, you have, like, more camaraderie and, like, kind of a unification happened between him and his daughter, right? It slowly happened right. over the season, especially as she realized Ruby was actually evil. Um... You know, but now she's like straight up wanting to to join the fight, and she's more eager than Ash, is, cause Ash like that's the nice thing about this giant battle uh that mm-hmm. is kind of uncharacteristic of of the series and the and the franchise as a whole, in that Ash is also like, yeah, I don't know how to fucking fight that. I'm just gonna sit back and get drunk and watch the world end
1: <laughs> and get stoned yeah um.
0: yeah that that's, he has to get look the right mindset. He's like, I'm sober, I'd be too scared of that thing."
1: Uh his his little monologue sitting in the chair was brilliant too. Um I mean Bruce does never really comes across as an A-list actor as a matter of fact that's kind of been a stick all yeah, along. Yeah that's the as point as right movie. yeah. Um but his range in that whole scene was actually pretty damn good. Um you know this whole season yes. has just been like you know you get your kind of slapstick comedy but then you get these more serious moments but that was probably the first moment in this whole series where I was like holy shit (laughs) you know i think the full weight of the entire fact that he knows he's gonna retire the character comes out in that moment maybe i'm searching though
0: yeah i mean i I don't know if he knew that at that point right because i don't Mm know it wasn't canceled or anything but uh in general you you kind of have that soul searching moment uh that kind of just like analyzing his career as ash or just Ash's career as a as a Deadite fighter and it comes across as, as you know, genuine, right? Um yeah. as opposed to it just being a moment for, for a joke and it didn't screw with the the tone of the pacing. It kind of felt pretty, you know, appropriate compared to the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Um I mean I think that's that whole scene besides that part was probably my only complaint with this episode. And I mean, I can see, I thought that the finale was perfect, but I could see where some people might get a little frustrated with kind of how much effort they put into the dad daughter connection and how kind of really quick and final they were with Pablo and Kelly. Um, There definitely was a lot of this episode devoted to Brandy's relationship and them kind of hitting that, hitting that final. Okay. We're, you know, we're a family moment. Um, but I feel like Pablo and Kelly should have gotten a little more of a goodbye. Um, you know, we got that little bit of a cool, badass moment with Kelly, but that kind of goodbye in the truck. I think that'd be my only mild complaint is that they could have after three seasons got a bigger, see you later. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Yeah,
0: I, and like I'm actually kind of curious, and I'm wondering like if they do a box set, you know, kind of collecting the whole series, or maybe a box set of mm-hmm. just like the entire Evil Dead franchise. Um, if we'll get a little more special features and insight, because you know, usually, uh, and this could have just been press timing, like they didn't want to announce the show was canceled until people were halfway through the season, right? Because maybe they didn't yeah. want people to just be like, "Well, I'm not going to bother." Um, but I don't know if they went into the season fully knowing that, right? So right. I wonder what the follow-up seasons would have looked like, right? And so we, we know the end of this episode has this, well, he beats Kandar, but now he wakes up in the future, and it's just, like, so ridiculous. I wonder if the if the next season was meant to be him there, and, like, do these other characters survive? Do you get more about, like, their aftermath and, like, flashbacks and stuff? Do they continue to build on that? Or... Right was it really meant to be like, yeah, Pablo and Kelly are done, this is all done, new Ash, new characters, like let's go from here. I'm kind of curious what they had planned past this.
1: It's so hard to tell because maybe I was just viewing these last few episodes knowing that it was done, Um, but I felt like the last three episodes of this season, they were, even when they were filming it, they were wrapping a bow on this, you know, they really put Ruby to bed. Um, which, which by the way, uh, Lucy Lawless has been phenomenal in this whole series, did not shed a tear for her dying at all because this whole season was like, it's kind of your fault, right? (laughs) You know, (laughs) there's no love lost, but I mean, they were doing little things here and there where they were just like, okay, we're putting this to bed, you know, Ruby killing, uh, killing the chainsaw, uh, Ash's hand pretty much going to shit. Um, you know, so there are little subtle nuances where it's like, I kind of felt like they knew that the show was kind of coming to an end, at least in its current kind of form. So um, it's hard to tell. Well, yeah,
0: if you look at like the end of the second season, right? Like it could have been the end of the series. Like I wonder if the whole time they kind of realize this is insane. People have been asking for Evil Dead 4 for, for like decades but it's a small niche audience it's a cult classic it's kind of like right. you know, doing a tv show of rocky horror picture show like maybe every season is us on borrowed time so let's always commit to it easily being wrapped up and then we'll just right. figure out you know and, and we kind of have these contingency plans if it, it continues to be successful but maybe i mean that would be the smart way to do it right because the last thing you'd want is to have all this excitement Have it get canceled, and the end of of the first season is a cliffhanger, right? Or the end of the second season is a cliffhanger, and now you have a crowdfunder, you know, crowdfunding thing to like release the scripts in a book or like to have a comic to to you know, know, satiate the fans.
1: Right, right. Um, I'm I'm fine with the way it ended. I really am. Me too. I I I was not expecting that. Had had somewhat had. I walked up to myself and said. This ends with a few, with Ash going into the future in some weird Mad Max line. I would probably look at you and go, well, that was dumb. But when I watched it organically, I went, you know what? I love this. I absolutely love it. Ash walking out. He's got the, his hair. God. That just obnoxious white stripe on his right side. Yeah, um, but
0: he's got the Reed Richards, but it's like so obviously dye. like You know what I mean? It's like,
1: it's like an intentional bad job. Oh, it's so good. And then the um, Hail to the King dealt. Oh, just I every bit of this I loved. Um, I don't know how thrilled I would be to watch it in a longevity kind of form, but it's just, I don't know. I loved it. I'm a Mad Max kind of guy, though, um, so that just kind of hit me. Uh, hit me in the nostalgia factor. Um, although one thing that's interesting to, to note is that Mad Max and Evil Dead came out at the same time. So there's this kind of throwback to something that came out, you know, when the Evil Dead was originally coming out at the same time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. I wonder,
0: I do really hope they kind of dive into what that next season was supposed to be. Because I wonder if it was like, that's the, like the the twist ending, and then you pick up that season, and most of it is in the past, and just talking about how things got there, and like very little of it's actually in the future, or if they just end up doing, like, over-the-top, you know, sci-fi horror shtick, which, I don't know, I'd probably... Be, I mean, outside of the concerns I have with uh, how the CGI would look and, like, the fact that they would be doing a lot of that uh, and right. sci-fi sometimes is, is harder to pull off than horror in that regard because a lot of times it's it's bright and well-lit and, like, blemishes are exposed where, like, dark and dreary and moody is a little bit, I think, easier to pull off. Um yeah. That would be my bigger concern, is that it would just totally not look right. But I'd, I'd watch it for sure. Like That, that still you know, sounds like a, a, a hell point. of a fun time, you know?
1: Yeah, that's a very good point. I didn't even think about that. You couldn't really... It would have to be. It would have to just be back kind of... No, because I'd say you have to do action, because Army of Darkness didn't have really many dark scenes. But it actually totally did. Most of the fight sequences were at night. Um yeah. Then again, I mean, if you watch Furrier Road, Fury Road's got a little bit of horrorcore to it. And yeah, yeah. Well, Fury Road
0: had a sweet ass budget, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, God, the effects in that film was brilliant. Yeah, that movie's fantastic.
0: Um, what, uh, anything else we want to tie up on, on this? I mean, obviously we've we've enjoyed the series as a whole. I'm trying to think if there's other moments in here. I mean, how he kills the monsters fucking phenomenal, right? Like <laughs> yes. he gets the tank. Uh, it's harder to drive, right? Just the whole comedy of like, tanks aren't easy to drive. Oh my God, this is so <laughs> uncomfortable. I'm running over a car and I'm just jerking around wildly. Like that whole bit was,
1: was hilarious. Pablo's fish taco stand gets... Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, Pablo. In the process. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I, I do love
0: the like, I'm like, so how is he going to do this? Is going to go up to his leg and stab it? Like what's going to happen? He gets in the tank, he tapes it on there and then I love how it just won't shoot.
1: Yeah. And he's like, oh, <laughs> <wrong> that's... Button. <laughs>
0: like, I don't know how to use a tank. That joystick doesn't do it. And then eventually, when he's, like, you know, about to get destroyed, hits some buttons and figures it out. And then, like... Right. I just love the way it looks, too, as it kind of slowly melts the monster.
1: Yeah, it's a very ashy death. Just kind of... Um, I'm just gonna shoot... <laughs> shoot the shit and just go with it. Right. Um, I, the whole scene just looks phenomenal. And the fact that it was all CG, I just... I'm still blown away because I wasn't I was it, when I saw the uh, next episode preview I'm like dude that's perfect because it's totally this just cheesy puppet that they spliced in there and then to see that it wasn't I'm still still blown away by it
0: uh, I also love that like it ends um, with its head slamming onto the tank so like you know if you did get a next season you'd, you'd basically see people digging through the brain of a giant beast to find Ash and see if he's alive
1: oh that would have been.
0: Right, like you, you like you know that that would have that gross out moment where they find him, and I don't know, maybe he has, uh, Kandarian pus in his lungs, and they have to try to resuscitate him, <laughs> and, and and maybe that maybe that's why he ends up in like, uh, this container being saved for the future, like he ends up yeah. being on life support or some bullshit, and then you know, the world keeps going around him until, finally, the deadites show their face again. You know, hundred plus years or whatever it was in the future, and that's when they resurrect uh, Ash.
1: Right. I, I was expecting him to like take the tank, drive up, and then purposely get himself eaten, and then stab with the Candarian dagger on the way out. Oh, okay, yeah. That's what I was expecting because it wouldn't be the first time uh, Ash got shoved up some hole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. there have been a fair share of ridiculousness just in this series alone.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, let's go out with our favorite moment in the entire series. In the entire series? Yeah.
0: I don't even know. I'd have to I'd have to rewatch him. I would say in general, I think this is my favorite season.
1: Yeah, this season's fantastic. Um, um
0: I really I, loved like a moment that stands out as last season when his father got run over. Yes. Like it was just so out of out <laughs> of left field. I also particularly am fond of the morgue scene uh, where he ends up in, in that dude's asshole and stuff. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just because, I mean, one, it's great, but two, it also reminds me quite a bit of, like, some of the zaniness of Reanimator, which is a, a favorite yeah. film of mine. Um, but, man, there's just so many good moments throughout the series. How about you?
1: I, I had a real, because I was thinking about this uh, right as the episode ended. I'm like, well, if we're going to end the podcast on something, we got to say our favorites. And I, I had a hard, hard time thinking about it. Um, I, I I have to say Ashley Slashy puppet, I love oh, god that's that so good episode so much and you know I mean you with with Ash vs you almost got to break it down like what's what's your favorite what's your favorite action part of the show then what's your favorite more dark horror part and then what's your more kind of funny part um Ashley Slashy is probably my favorite overall but the end of season one that episode um was so. Dark and evil, that it just, and for the season being so kind of slapsticky, that probably is my second favorite. Okay.
0: I, um, they did, they had a Ash for Evil Dead at Halloween Horror Nights last year. Um, and, and I missed it. They did a really good job with it because you'd basically be walking through different moments and, like, as you're going through the ride, like, as, as you go start the line, there's a sign that says, Welcome to Jacksonville, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And like, as, <laughs> as you're leaving, there's someone impersonating Ash, cutting open a keg and like beer spraying on you. Um, but inside there, one of the pieces is Ashley Slashy, and they had an Ashley Slashy puppet being puppeted. I was like, oh, God, it's so Damn fucking it. cool. If and I, I, if I'm going to buy one now out. that they've made one.
1: I've, I've been meaning to go grab one, and I always forget about it. It's kind of the same with wanting to get the dolphin puppet from Archer. I always It's on my checklist of memorabilia I really want to have. Sure. Um, damn it, I'm, I'm mad at myself for missing Halloween Horror Nights last year. Because, I, I mean, we would have just... That's been me and my wife's kind of favorite date night of the year. Sure. And it generally is. We just freak out. Like, people are going through getting scared, and we're just sitting there nerding out. Sure. Um, we, when we went through and did, like, the Silent Hill 2 one. It was oh. just the minute we got to Pyramid Head, we just freaked out. Right, and then Walking Dead Prison, we were just going through like they're trying to jump out scares, and we're like, ah, this is awesome. Yeah, that
0: was the first year I had been to to Halloween Horror Nights in years was because they did Silent Hill. I was like, was oh, one of my it favorite franchises. I got to see it, um, and yeah, having the having the Pyramid Head show up was was fucking amazing. <laughs> I um, I have the limited edition DVDs of Evil Dead One and Two. Um, oh yeah, and the reason I've kept them is because the packaging is uh, a Necronomicon on each, um, mm-hmm. and it was actually done the the mold and everything for it was done by Tom Sullivan, who did the special effects for the first two films, um, and so I have them somewhere in storage, but I just want them on this shelf side by side with the Ashley Slashy puppet between them. That would be brilliant. So, so I'm gonna do that at some point. That's the reason I've held on to them because you know a lot of DVDs and stuff I've sold off, you know, and gotten Blu-rays or right. uh, an HD copy. But like the packaging on it, and eventually the DVDs in there in the center. But there's a few pages of the Necronomicon, you know, um, that are well done. So like they're just these cool little looking props.
1: I'm the same way. I've got a couple, I've got VHX, uh, VHS box sets from Dragon Ball Z. Um, just you know since they're like i've got the whole frieza saga we'll never be able to watch them i was i was gonna gonna sell them at
0: some point but like yeah i have them on some shelf at my parents house forming the image on the on the spine right you know because they would form an image (laughs) i'm like maybe it'll get vintage enough to where someone wants to pay some money and i'll offload these you know Uh, because i don't have space for (laughs) my house but yeah uh
1: well that's a funny thing my parents held on to that type of stuff but then sold all my vinyl records of course right it's like really come on guys
0: <laughs> the, the one thing that comes back to styles what they sold yeah yes. or it's like they always sell the Star Wars toys you know and or the Transformers oh and it was
1: there was some good ones there it was like a Star Wars vinyl I had all the ACDC all the Van Halen one that's am like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna rage right now right <laughs> uh well anything else no no
0: I'm bummed it's done that's yeah. all. <laughs> well uh we will have to find other stuff to, to cover um maybe not in this format where it's like multiple per season, but uh, right. there's a handful of, of good shows out there and stuff and and movies and things that we should dig into and watch and, and get back on here. So it's
1: been fun for that's sure. That's really, that's the, the, the big question is what is next? Um, because this was my uh, main running show um, besides BoJack Horseman. Um, so now I got to find something to fill its place and then look forward to each season
0: yeah I'm I'm behind on TV man uh, Westworld I just finished the first one of the second season um, and I know you worked a lot in that so like it's probably not interesting to you but Legion if you haven't seen Legion and I know you haven't worked on Legion you should watch the no. first season and binge it it is just such fun mind bending TV um, and the second season I've only watched the first one but like even more out there but still just so much fun um, Right. yeah I mean it's, it's like uh, I don't know David Lynch did a superhero show.
1: <laughs> that sounds brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: with like a, a good budget. So anyway. Uh, I think well. I'm going
1: to cave and finally watch Game of Thrones just because I'm fully expecting to never get wins of winner ever. So might as well get the TV version of it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you want to tie a bow on this bitch? We'll see you next time, little buddies. Peace.